Um, many of you love the idea of um, going into Florida and taking vacations down to Florida. <laughs> you've, you've even uh, fantasized about moving to Florida, um, speaking from someone who was born and raised in Florida. No, 29 years of my life. Um, still decided Florida's overrated. Um, so please stop. It's, it's, it's great. You know, you got Mickey. You have Mickey. You have um, Universal, Island of Adventure. Um, and then you have, that's like three good things. Then you have all the bad stuff. You have uh, the humidity. Y'all don't want that in your life. Um, you, you don't. You don't want that in your life. You. You. you we moved from Florida. You, yeah. You, you understand. Yeah. Bad hair day every day. Yes. No reason to even do your hair. As soon as you step outside, ladies, it's done. It's done. Um, what else? Gators. Um, hurricanes. In which? Let me encourage you though. Hurricanes. I feel you on that. But the most beautiful days are post hurricane days. Oh my God. They're. They're. Fresh and it's, I won't get into all that. I think God uses hurricanes for certain purposes. But anyway, um, the one thing that really sticks out that I just really don't like about Florida are the mosquitoes. They're huge. They're freakish. They're alien-like. And you can't tell sometimes if a mosquito is a mosquito or a daddy long leg flying spider. Yes, they can be, yeah, they're hideous. So when Judah was a baby, <clears throat> he would get bit and, um, from time to time. And his bumps would like, they were the worst. They were red and hot and huge. And I would want to kill every mosquito in the world. I just... And so you got the mosquitoes. Anyone uh, ever been show of hands bit by a mosquito? I'm sure that's a 100%. Okay, yeah, yeah. But Judah, um, Judah's stuff. Um, we've all been bitten by many things, mosquitoes, ants. Florida has treacherous fire ants. And they burn and they hurt. Hopefully I'm discouraging you from trying to move to Florida. There are great reasons to move to Florida right now, but we won't get into that. Um, yeah, real man, babe. Um, so, and then anyone ever been bitten by a snake? Yeah, never been bitten by a snake. But as we travel, my wife has these amazing ideas about hiking adventures. We were in San Diego some four years ago. You guys are like, where's the be nice in this? Don't worry. I'm going to really get into your hearts with this message. Um, we were in San Diego four years ago, and she took us to the highest point in the world. Laguna. Laguna, right? Okay. I don't believe it's the highest point in the world. That's what they say. Laguna. Um, and I did some research, and I'm like, okay, we're going to hike. Bim. And as I'm doing my research, yeah, okay, shoes. There could be a chance of snakes. I'm like, I don't know if I want to go. <laughs> anymore. So I can't even enjoy the hike because in every crag and crack and I'm just looking at everything, but praise the Lord, <laughs> never been bit by a snake. But what I do know is much like mosquitoes, we've all been bitten by offense. The message has started. 
we've all been bitten by offense. And simply put, just first, if you want to write this down, we have all, go ahead and pull that up. We, we, we have been and will be hurt by others. We've all been bitten by offense or another word for offense, the Bible calls trespasses, trespasses. And the word trespass means that certain people have crossed certain boundaries in our lives. They've went beyond where we have, would have preferred them to go. And we have been, and I want you to really lean into this part, will be hurt by others. So just because you have been, it doesn't eliminate you from having future hurt. Christians, just because you're in Christ, just because you have on a superhero shirt, just because you're now reading the word of God and you're pursuing purity and you feel like you're really growing in your faith, it does not mean that you will not be hurt. As a matter of fact, the more you follow Christ, the more of a candidate you are for offense. And, um, and so I just want to, you know, it's inevitable that living in a broken world with imperfect people that you will not get hurt. This is why I always encourage people, don't look for the perfect church. Look for a healthy church. Um, I think in Christ, there's this honeymoon phase in Jesus first. And then we find that church we love or like. There's a honeymoon phase there where because you're so blinded by the fun and the colors and the goodness and the excitement and that message changed my life. Oh, my God. Right. We forget that that organization is made up of broken people who are in a process of healing. And so oftentimes when we're still healing, we end up hurting each other, right? And so we've all been bitten, but this is also true. Go ahead and write this down. Is that um, we're hurt the most by people we love the most. We experience the greatest pain in terms of offense from people that we love the most. Would we agree? Just a show of hands, show of hands. Right. Because strangers, it's like whatever. Right. Troll me all day. I really don't care about who you are. I don't care about what you think. I don't care about your opinion, whatever. But when it comes from mom, when it comes from dad, uh, when it comes from sibling or spouse, it, it really hurts. It really hurts. And I'll tell you why, if you want to just jot these notes down. The reason it hurts so much when people who love us hurt us or when we love them, they hurt us is because there are two things. Number one, we put our trust in them. There's a trust factor. And um, the word trust just simply means that we put a confidence in them. And because we put a certain confidence in them, there is this invisible line of expectation that they must always meet. Right? And so there's a trust and there's an expectation. Because you're my mom, I trust you. Because you're my dad, I trust you. And I expect these things from you. Because you're my sibling or my best friend, I trust you and I expect this from you. But when the trust is violated and when the expectations go unmet for long enough, pain sets in. Well, we agree. Pain, pain, pain sets in and. And, and, and the pain occurs through uh, words. 
there are right now certain words and phrases that people spoke over you um, when you were a child, as a teenager, as a young adult, even as recently as this past week, that, that you, you think you just kind of tucked it away, but you carry it with you every single day. And you know the old adage, sticks and stones may uh, break my bones, but words never hurt. That is a lie from hell. <laughs> Got to wake y'all up. Um, words hurt. Someone say that. Words hurt. Words hurt. Words hurt. I, don't, I don't care how tough you are, how much you love God, the, the, you know, the, the heavenly blessings of last week. I'm forgiven. I'm provision. I'm, words hurt. Words hurt. And, 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 and a lot of times you want to respond a lot of times you do respond, and that's why you need the Lord. Words hurt. Uh, uh, sometimes, um, sometimes it's negligence. There's someone you expect it to be there, but, but the Bible calls negligence. Uh, uh, the Greek means that they put you to the side and put a blanket over you and forgot you even existed. So they neglected you, and, and it hurts when it comes from people that, that we love the most. Abuse. Um, physical, sexual, verbal, abuse. Even as I talk about these things now, there are names that you're attaching to these experiences, right? Abuse, betrayal. You gave your heart to an ex, an ex-spouse, a friend. They betrayed you. They they uh, dropped the ball on the business. They stole all the money. They talked about you. They ran your name in the mud, and you didn't deserve it. And it hurts the most by the people that we love. We love the most. They say, actually, when you get bitten by a venomous snake, um, you know, so I did my research on this, too, because I didn't know what we were going to encounter. They, they give you all the stuff, lay, lay you down, take off rings, take off tight clothing, uh, if you can, wash the wound. But when they get you to the hospital, the doctor is going to want to administer anti-venom. Yeah. And the goal is to administer anti-venom within four hours. Because if you don't administer it soon, the long-term effects the increase. This tells me something about offense. And trespasses and how in life we can't allow them to simmer for too long because what there needs to be is here it is there needs to be a short window between pain and the process of healing I want you to follow my train of thought there needs to be a short window between the pain the pain and beginning the process of healing I'm not saying that you should heal immediately that, that's, that's not the thought. That's not even realistic. But, but you ought to close in on it. As a matter of fact, there was a story where a young man was bitten by a venomous snake. He didn't get the anti-venom in time, and it caused him to go blind for six years. And now he has permanent damage to his vision. And sometimes when someone hurts you, that's the difference between you you know, the, 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 that, that window of time is sometimes that, that gap between you really having vision for your future and being blinded to what God is trying to show you. That's, that's how powerful offense is and trespass is. It will blind you. 
and God can be communicating to you. You come into a church. Worship is powerful. The word of God, you're in community, but you still can't see. And the reason you can't see is because you're still in the pain phase. And you, you've allowed yourself to stay there for a year, for two years, for three years, and you haven't began the process of healing. And it's not always big stuff. It, it, it's small stuff. It's small stuff. And even the more so in the context of be nice, what I've come to find out is that um, a lack of healing, go ahead and write this down, affects the potential of present and future relationships. When you have not healed, it affects the potential of present and future relationships. When you have not healed, there are studies out there of, um, I was looking at the effect of parents who are physically present, but emotionally absent, and the effects it has on children when they grow up and become adults. Um, It increases the chances of divorce in that child's life. It increases the chances of that individual going to prison when when a parent is emotionally absent, right? It increases the chances of a young lady always reaching out for the attention of young men because dad or because mom wasn't or vice versa, a young man, you know, because mom wasn't emotionally present. And when you don't heal, it affects the potential of your current relationships and future ones that God wants to bring into, into your life. And so we, we, we gotta, we gotta begin we got to begin to heal. I like to think of it this way. Someone say Bill. Bill. Bill represents mom, dad, anyone who's ever hurt you. Okay. And there are certain things that mom did, dad did, and uncle, friend did that you haven't forgotten. And not only have you not forgotten, but you have not forgiven. But God brings Bob. Someone say Bob. God sends Bob into your life. Bob represents the new community, the faith-filled community. Bob represents your mom who has changed her ways. But you haven't given her the space and you haven't acknowledged that mom is a better mom now. Dad is a better dad now. They represent, trans, Bob represents transformation or a new relationship or God-sent relationship. But you have Bill that hurt you so bad. Bill caused so much pain. And because Bill caused so much pain in your life, you've now put him in, you put Bill in your unforgiveness box. And we all walk around with the proverbial unforgiven box. It's a spiritual box. You can't see it with your eye, you, you know, but it's there. Satan loves to help you carry it along. You're living your life, Satan's like, don't forget your unforgiven box. Bob comes into our lives, a godsend, who is also a human, who will inevitably do things, because they're human, that remind you of Bill. Bob doesn't know that you carry the proverbial unforgiven box. So Bob, 
doesn't know that he's up against everything that Bill has ever done to hurt you. Come on, we can clap that up. He don't know. He's human. And this is the thing about Bill as well, is that some Bills we still live with and interact with and raise. Some Bills are our parents. We still have to see them every single day. And, though, and we think because we're operating and we're living and we're working together, we think that we've completely forgiven them. But we haven't. So we got the proverbial unforgiven box, the hurt and the pain. And we have Bob who's come into our lives to push us forward, to encourage us. And Bob doesn't even know he's up against how others have hurt you in your past. And as soon as Bob does something across you, he also ends up in the unforgiven box. At least a part of his character does. And so you see how a lack of healing affects the potential of present and future relationships. Yes. And, and I, there are all sorts of pains out there. there. A lot of us carry deep church hurt. And so, not to exonerate myself, but I'm hearing from God throughout the week. I'm seeking the face of God. I may say something. I may do something in a way that reminds you of a past church leader. But I'm preaching with the heart of God, not knowing that you're caring. And God has given me the very word that has the power to change your life. But you're, I don't know. And the same can be said from me to you. As we've went through in leadership, we've had people run us in the mud, talk badly about us say things that weren't true, leave the church, try to ramshack it. You don't know that as humans, we have a proverbial bill box. And yes, we're excited that superheroes are on board, but which one of you are going to burn us? A lack of healing. Oh, man. It was amen going over there. A lack of healing affects. And so we got to heal. Someone say we got to heal. We, we, we got to heal. And so today is entitled, and it'll be on YouTube, but it won't pop up on the screen. Today is entitled, Bitten, Bitter, But Better. Mm. Bitten, Bitter, But Better. The Bible says this in Hebrews 12, 15b. I want to encourage you that you got to heal because it says this. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness, someone say bitterness, bitterness, grows up to trouble you. So we've all been bitten. Now, the temptation is to become bitter. And the word bitter here actually means extreme wickedness. Extreme wickedness. So a root of bitterness will cause us to become wicked towards other people. And so we often think like, oh, I'm in this new relationship. I have a new friendship and, and, and I'm not going to hurt them. And they're such a good person. While really deep down, because we haven't forgiven Bill, 
God is saying that there's an extreme wickedness growing in you and, and you have the potential to hurt future relationships because you haven't healed from past relationships. And so it says, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting others. And I like the way one of my pastors put it. And it's crazy because I, all these, all the pastors that's mentoring us and that oversee us, they're all in this season of either the word of God or forgiveness. And one of my pastors just recently said that um, when you don't heal from hurt, you're bleeding on people that never even cut you. They didn't cut you, but you're bleeding out on them. And right. And so I, w- I want to encourage us with, with this thought. Watch this. And this is the next thought. Dang, I don't know if I gave it to him. Good people, write this down. Good people become victims of what others have done to us in the past. When you don't heal, good people become victims of what others have done to us in the past. They don't deserve it. But you got to be careful to not be a conduit of the pain that was acted upon you. And push it on the lives of others. They don't deserve it. Your kids don't deserve it. Your grandkids don't deserve it. Our supervisors don't deserve it. But good people become victims of what others have done to us in the past. So I want to give you a few initial steps of healing. Go ahead and write this down. Then we're going to get into some good stuff. Number one, I want to encourage you. Here it is. Feel the pain. Feel the pain. How do I heal, Pastor? How do I go from bitter to better? Feel the pain. It's important. You got to feel it. You got to feel it. They did it. It hurts. They're still doing it. Feel it. It happened five years ago. Feel it. You haven't allowed yourself to feel it. You've numbed it through, through drinking, sleeping around, pornography. We, we numb it. You got to feel it. It hurt and acknowledge it. Your acknowledgement does not give them authority or the victory. It's, it's a part of your healing. Feel the pain. Number two, express the emotion. Some of y'all just need to knock a hole in a wall. Just do it. You, you've been, knock a hole in a wall. You, 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 you've been imploding. And, and, and until you cry about it or... Knock that hole in the wall. Whatever you got to do. The Bible says be angry, but sin not. It's not a sin to be angry. But if you turn that anger and you begin to abuse people, that's where the sin comes in at. Come on now. That's, that's sin. But God never said you can't go outside and chop down a tree or, or, do, or punch something. Like You have to express the emotion and you have to express it in a safe place. And then number three, if you're going to heal, if you're going to go to better, you got to decide to heal. You got to decide to move on. It's really a mental, a mental game. And if not, we're going to sabotage our future relationships. Okay, so let let me help you go a little bit deeper. So, So what do we need to do practically to go from bitter to better? Number one, I encourage you to pray daily. Pray daily. It's important that you... You set aside time with God. Jesus calls it a prayer closet. And if I can let you know how I do it, I pray at least 10 minutes every day. And it's nothing deep. It's just me coming before God saying, Lord, thank you. I love you. 
I acknowledge you. It's the Lord's Prayer. And then it's going into this part of the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6, 12, and it says this here. Jesus says this, when you're praying, he says this, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So every day in your prayer closet, there ought to be some time, about a minute and a half, it can go longer than that, where you are forgiving people. How do you do that, Pastor? Well, you simply, in prayer, you name them and you name the offense. Lord, right now I'm bringing before you, I'm, I'm releasing this person. Lord, I'm releasing Jim. Jim said that about me, and it damaged my reputation at the job. Lord, I'm, I'm releasing Mary. M- Mary stole that from me, and I never regained it. But I know you're faithful, and I know you're working. You're, you're, rele- you're releasing. Jesus says, uh, forgive us our sins, because we're great to ask God when we mess up. Lord, forgive us. Please, God, forgive us. And the Bible says that God is just to do it. He's going to do it. As a matter of fact, he loves you so much that he he tosses your sin as as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says he forgets about it. But now Jesus is saying, since God has given you that grace, right? He's saying you need to put in a little bit in your prayer request. And as we have forgiven those who sin against us. So you literally, the practical step is to name them, name the offense, and release them. And the closer people are to you, the more you have to pray to forgive them. So for my spouses, before you complain, before you argue, before you blow up the house, have you forgiven? Come on, y'all ain't talking to me today. Have you forgiven your spouse? And what I've come to find out is this. This is so powerful. This is great revelation. The Lord told me that when you ask for forgiveness and when you pray to forgive others, watch this, it doesn't change the offender. Prayer changes you. Prayer, prayer changes you. It, it uproots that, that bitterness and that extreme wickedness that Satan is Satan's trying to make you into an agent of wickedness. And he does it by, by that proverbial box, keeping it on you. So when you pray for people, God is uprooting those. That's what's happening in the spirit. All right. The second way to continue to heal and become better is bless them. I want to encourage you to bless them. Okay. Bless them. These are the words of Christ. He says this here. I love it. Jesus is like the best. Um, but I tell you, here it is, to love your enemies. And pray for anyone who mistreats you. Pray for them. So this goes beyond forgiving them. You understand that? The word prayer in the Greek means to make petition, um, make requests. So pray for them. And you're like, Pastor, I don't know about this one. I pray for them, all right. I pray they get a flat tire on 270. I know. Y'all wrong. That's, I know. I know who I'm dealing with. But pray for anyone who mistreats you. I love that. Let's go a little bit deeper on this. Romans, Paul says this, Romans 12, 14. He says, oh, ask God to bless everyone. Someone say bless. bless. Everyone who mistreats you. Ask him to bless them and not to curse them. That's the word of God. 
And I've come to find this out, Francie, that it, it's, it's hard for me to not forgive someone when I'm also blessing them in my prayers. So let's talk about Jim and Mary and, and Bill. Lord I, Lord, I pray that you would bless Bill's children, that they would prosper. God, I pray for favor over Bill. I pray for favor over my mom. Lord, I don't know where my dad is. I've never really known him, but I, I pray, Lord, that, he, that you find him, that he finds you. Lord, I don't even pray that we, we have to have a relationship, but I pray that he's doing well. I pray he's healthy. I pray for that friend that betrayed me. I, I pray that they're flourishing and they're prospering. Bless them. Someone say bless them. Bless. If you're going to go from bitter to better, you have to learn to bless those who have mistreated you. All right. And then the last one here is I want to encourage you to, to speak life. Speak life. This is important that you begin to speak life. Proverbs 18.21 says this. It says, words can bring death or life. Talk too much and you will eat everything you say. <laughs> so who's going to eat it? Not the ones who offended you. So you can, you can curse them all you want. You can complain about them all you want. You can be negative about them all you want. But God says they don't eat those words. You eat those words. So I just, I want to, I'm going to remember this at 1045. I'm sorry, y'all. Out of all the choices you must make every day, speaking life would be the most important. Because if words have the power to bring death or life, I make a lot of choices every day. You make choices to get dressed, to go left, to go right, to go on Instagram, to go to Facebook, to what you're going to do this weekend. You make a lot of choices every day. The most important choice that you can make in a day is the choice to speak life. You know that when you speak life, you notice this. When you speak to certain people about certain things, their demeanor either lifts up or it goes down. And so in Proverbs, in the Hebrew, the word death here means to tear down. The word life here means to build up. So the choice to speak life to self and about others will have the effect of building up. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 15 says this as we prepare to close out. It says this here. A soothing tongue speaking words that build up and encourage is a tree of life. So you have a, a part to play in your healing process. You got you to gotta speak life. Got to speak life. Ephesians 4.29 says this. It says, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear you. Make the choice. The, the choice. The, the choice. Don't allow. Don't allow your unforgiveness 
to, to, to turn you into a bitter, bitter, roots of bitterness. And where it takes root is in your heart. And Jesus said this. Jesus said that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So you will know if unforgiveness has rooted itself based upon just an assessment of how you speak to yourself and how you speak to others. If you can assess your life and say, man, I'm, I'm generally positive and uplifting. You're doing a great job. But if everything's a weight and everything is a why me, why the world, why God, why my parents, why this, blah, 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 negative, your tone is high, you're mean, that's a sure sign that you still haven't healed. And you can't really get into this because it's not who you are. You need to heal because the word of God says this, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything, someone say everything, you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And the Bible also says this. I love this. This is, this is great. This is great. Here it is. This is how you can begin to transform. Here it is. Let my words and my thoughts be pleasing to you, Lord, because you are my mighty rock and my protector. Let my words and my thoughts choose it. Choose your words. And I say, I say this because the quality of your speech determines the quality of your peace. It determines the quality of your peace. So you got to declare, Lord, I'm not going to allow this box. As a matter of fact, Lord, I speak life. And and you got to be determined to let all the pain Let all the pain out. You got to release Bill. You you have to release Mary. You got to release Joe. You got to release him. You, you, You have to. But this is the thing. Bill, Mary, and Joe aren't even the issue. This, this, come on, church. It's the box. The natural tendency to not forgive is the problem. It's not the people. Come on, if this word blessed you, put your hands together. I promise. It's the box. 